Hey there, everyone. This is your host, Michelle Ann Olson, and you are listening to Are You Afraid of the Bark? The podcast that goes bark in the night. Welcome, dear listeners, to what I am going to call episode 22 and a half. (laughs) It's been kind of a dumpster fire of a week in my life over here in Toronto, and that's the excuse that I'm going to give for the fact that episode 23 did not debut on Friday like it was supposed to. I told myself that I'd get it together and get episode 23 together and out by the end of the weekend. Here we are. It's Monday. Still no episode 23. But I wanted to give you something. And this is a topic that I really want to cover and I feel like time is of the essence as far as this topic is concerned. So although this is going to be a slightly shorter than normal episode, and although this episode is coming to you on a random Monday, I did want to present this topic while it's still in vogue, as it were, and I did want to give you a little something. So I'm going to call this episode 22 and a half, sort of a fun little half episode to tide you over until the real episode 23 premieres, hopefully, fingers crossed, if the fates will smile down on me on time this Friday. So what I want to talk to you about today is the story of the Chinese zodiac. So as you probably know, we just entered a new lunar or Chinese New Year as of Tuesday, February 5th. Happy Year of the Pig. And I have always adored the Chinese Zodiac. I can't pretend that that's a part of my culture, but I remember learning about it in elementary school. The idea of a second new year, the lunar new year, what it meant to be born in our year. This was in grade two. We were a bunch of kids born in 88 and 89, and that that meant that we were born in the year of the dragon and the year of the snake, and how the year of our birth and the animals associated with it meant something, dictated our personalities, our strengths, and our weaknesses. I remember we decorated our classroom with red lanterns, and since that time, I've just always loved the story of the Chinese Zodiac. I had a book when I was a kid about the great race, about the Jade Emperor, about the 12 animals of the Zodiac, And that's the story that I want to tell today, because I was talking to some folks. We had this lovely ceremony at work at the aquarium, marking the new Lunar New Year, called the Dragon Dance in our beautiful kelp tank. It's this 30-foot tall tank, and it's filled sort of from the sand to the top of the tank with these beautiful plastic kelp plants, and the Dragon Dance (laughs) consisted of two of our divers swimming around this beautiful tank in the kelp forest with this Chinese dragon puppet and a red lantern. And it was really lovely. It was maybe a little bit hokey, but a really lovely way to mark the Lunar New Year in the best way that the aquarium knows how. Anyway, in talking to my coworkers about the Lunar New Year, I mentioned the story. I mentioned that I, very proud of this fact, born in 1988, the year of the dragon. And I was surprised that they didn't necessarily know the story of the great race or why those 
12 animals that we associate with the Chinese zodiac are the animals that we associate with the zodiac. Anyway, they, they didn't know that story that was so familiar to me in my childhood. So all of that to say, I wanted to tell that story today in this episode 22.5 to say happy Lunar New Year, to say happy Year of the Pig. So just very quickly talking about the Chinese zodiac itself, if you're not familiar with it. And I do apologize if any aspect of my description is wrong. I'm not an expert by any means. I don't pretend to be an expert in the history of Chinese astrology. The Chinese zodiac is a classification system that assigns an animal and its attributes to each year in a repeating 12-year cycle. There are 12 animals of the Chinese zodiac. And we start with the year of the rat, year one, and cycle through the animals every 12 years. So that 12-year cycle is an approximation of the 11.85-year orbital period of Jupiter, the largest planet of the solar system, the amount of times it takes Jupiter to circle once around the sun. The Chinese zodiac has many variations and is popular in Asian countries outside of China, including in Hong Kong, Taiwan, Japan, South Korea, Vietnam, Mongolia, Cambodia, Laos, Nepal, Bhutan, and Thailand. The Chinese zodiac is called, and please, please forgive my pronunciation, Shangzhou in Mandarin. Superficially, we use the term zodiac, and it brings to mind concepts of the Western zodiac. There are similarities in that both have time cycles divided into 12 parts, each labels the majority of those parts with the names of animals, and each is widely associated with a culture of ascribing a person's personality or the events of his or her life to the supposed influence of the person's particular relationship to the zodiac cycle, ascribing parts of his personality, the major events of his life as being dictated by the year or, in the case of the Western zodiac, the time of year in which he was born. There are major differences, of course, between the Western and Chinese zodiac. The animals of the Chinese zodiac are not associated with constellations. The Chinese 12-part cycle refers to years rather than months. Some of the signs of the Western zodiac are not animals at all, but you can see the similarities to the Western zodiac i.e. I'm born on April 13th, therefore I'm an Aries, and I fall under the influence of the stars based on the date and time of my birth. There are similarities there. I am an Aries in the same way that I am a dragon, dictated by the time, month, and year that I was born. So what I did not realize, and I'm not going to get into this too heavily because I don't pretend to understand the intricacies of this, the animal signs assigned by year represent how others perceive you or how you present yourself. But it's a misconception that the animals assigned by the year are the only signs, and many Western descriptions of Chinese astrology fail to account for the fact that there are also animal signs assigned by month, which are inner animals, by day, true animals, and even the hour of your birth called secret animals. So a person might be a dragon, they were born in the year of the dragon, but they might also be an internal snake, a true ox, and a secret goat. So it's a little bit more complicated than I thought on face value. What's interesting is that if there's a conflict between a person's zodiac sign, i.e. how they are meant to live, or 
the truest aspect of themselves and how they choose to live, if that conflict exists, there is a name for it, and that name is Tai Sui or Kai Sui. So there are many different versions of the story of the animals of the Chinese zodiac. The story usually comes back to the Jade Emperor calling on the animals to compete in some kind of cosmic race. In some versions of the story, their placement in the race will determine which will be allowed to serve as his guards. There are different versions of the story. Some involve a 13th animal, the cat. So for example, in the Vietnamese telling, we'll hear about the cat in the version that I'm going to tell. In the Vietnamese telling, the cat makes it across the river in place of the rabbit, and instead of an ox, a buffalo occupies the second place in the zodiac. So there are different versions of this story, even though the main details tend to be the same. Before I do tell the story of the great race, I did want to mention that each of the 12 animals of the Chinese zodiac is also associated with a particular time of day in which that animal or the people born under that animal have the most strength. So we start with the rat from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. That's the time the rat actively seeks food. Then from 1 to 3 a.m. is the hour of the ox, which is the time when oxen ruminate or chew their cud, and so on and so forth. Each of the animals is associated with a time of day when they are at their most powerful. I did not know that. Now me, the dragon, from 7 to 9 a.m., dragons hover in the sky to give the people rainfall, which is interesting because I definitely don't see myself as a morning person and I definitely don't feel very powerful before 9 a.m. So like I said, the year that you are born associates you with one of the 12 animals rotating on a 12-year cycle. So born in 1988, I am a dragon. So my, I, I hesitate to use the word horoscope, but being born in the year of the dragon, people with Chinese zodiac dragon signs are a group of people who are lively, intellectual, and excitable. They can clearly tell right from wrong. They are upright and frank. However, they are also a bit arrogant and impatient. Female dragons tend to be overly confident. They hate hypocrisy, gossip, and slander. They are not afraid of difficulties, but hate to be used or controlled by others. The strengths of the dragon are decisiveness, that they are inspiring, sensitive, ambitious, and romantic, while their weaknesses are that they are eccentric, tactless, fiery, intolerant, and unrealistic. So that hurts, but I don't think that that's too far off of the truth. The amazing thing about the Zodiac, about the horoscopes is that I think you can always find bits and pieces of yourself in the words. I think that you're going to get from your zodiac association exactly what you need to get from it, just like you might with your Western horoscope. So I'm curious, do you know the Chinese zodiac animal associated with the year of your birth? Have you ever read your zodiac horoscope? If not, you should go and do it. I do find it quite interesting. And I don't know, tweet me, let me know if you agree or disagree with your animal spirit, as it were. 
So now I would like to tell you the story of the great race. And this is the story how the 12 animals of the Zodiac came to be selected for that job and the order in which they were placed, how they came to fall in that order within the Zodiac. When the Jade Emperor, the Emperor of Heaven and Earth, decided it was time his earthly subjects were given the means to measure the passing of the seasons, he turned to the animal kingdom for help. Each year in the calendar's 12-year cycle would be marked with an animal. The news was met by eager ears, but there was a problem. There were far more than 12 animals, and each wanted a place in the zodiac. The emperor decided he would hold a race to determine which of the animals he would include. The animals, anxious to have their names written among the stars, were tasked with swimming over a river with a particularly swift current. The first 12 to make it across to the emperor would win a spot. For some, the task was easy. Others needed to get a little help from their friends. The rat and the cat, excellent friends but inept swimmers, enlisted the help of the good-natured ox. They asked if they could ride on its back so that all three could cross the finish line together. The ox heartily agreed, and the plan was set. The unlikely trio set out to win, and though the ox was slow on land, it was a strong swimmer and made up time in the water, soon pulling ahead of the others. The cat and the rat were overjoyed that their plan was working, but the rat had its sights set on glory. It pushed the cat into the water, and once safely on the shore, leaped from the ox's back and scurried across the finish line to claim the first place in the zodiac, with the ox lumbering behind to take the second. In their wake came the tiger. Tired from fighting the strong current, it was relieved to take third place. Soon after, the rabbit came bounding through in fourth place, though it didn't escape unscathed. While hopping from stone to stone in the river, a misstep plunged it into the river. Luckily, it was able to climb into a floating log, and a gust of wind propelled the vessel to the riverbank. Next came the dragon soaring effortlessly through the clouds to land at the Jade Emperor's feet. Yeah, that's me. The Emperor, confused by the dragon's failure to win, it did have the advantage of flight after all, asked the dragon to explain what had happened. The dragon, ever so charitable, was delayed by his efforts to extinguish a fire on a farmer's field, and to blow the troubled rabbit across the river to shore. Touched, the emperor inducted the dragon as the fifth animal of the zodiac. At this point, the horse came galloping out of the water, well on its way to claiming the next spot, only to be startled when the snake came slithering up. The horse reared its shock as the snake calmly crossed the finish line to claim the sixth place and relegate the horse to seventh. A short while later, the sheep, monkey, and rooster walked ashore. The three had worked together to cross the river on a raft. And though they arrived together, the monkey and rooster felt the sheep deserved eighth place for being such a calming influence when they had panicked during the arduous journey. So the sheep took eighth place, while the monkey and the rooster were ninth and tenth, respectively. Not long after, the dog came charging out of the water to eleventh place. As the best swimmer of the group, the others thought the dog was a sure winner, but he was having much too much fun playing in the water to worry about the race. Eleven winners waited alongside the emperor, eager to see who would earn the final spot. Their answer came in the form of a loud grunt. The pig, left hungry by the treacherous crossing, had stopped on the riverbank to search for food. But belly full, it had taken a quick nap, only to wake in fright, worried there would be no spots left to claim. The poor cat washed up on the wrong side of the river, looked on in despair as the emperor and his twelve champions celebrated, bitter with betrayal. The cat swore vengeance. Its ancestors have been enemies to rats, 
ever since. So that's not even the exact same story that I had in this book that I had when I was a kid. I distinctly remember the horse riding through the woods with the snake around its neck, and the snake said that it would serve as the horse's eyes, but then the snake ended up tricking the horse in some way, and they both ended up just charging blindly through the woods, kind of screwing over both of their chances. In the version of the story that I had, the dog and the pig were best friends, and the pig was so slow-moving, and the dog could have gone more quickly, but ended up just laying down beside his friend, the pig, and taking his sweet time because he didn't want to leave his side, and that's why they placed 11th and 12th. But you see, the personalities of the animals are more or less the same across tellings, and then these personalities are ascribed to people who are born under the year of a particular animal. It's a really interesting history, it's a really interesting story, one that I've always enjoyed, and I hope that you enjoyed hearing about it too. So drop me a line, let me know what your zodiac animal is and whether you agree with the strengths and weaknesses ascribed to it and ascribed to you under your lunar year of birth. And that will be the short and sweet episode 22.5. I'm sorry that it comes on such an odd day, but I ought to be back on track with episode 23 this Friday. It's going to be an interesting one, I think. I've already started research, and I'm really enjoying the stories that I've found so far. So I look forward to seeing you back here then. Two episodes in one week. Aren't you lucky? Of course, we'll forget the fact that you didn't have one last week at all. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. Once again, have a very happy Lunar New Year. Happy Year of the Pig. Maybe last in the great race, but first in our hearts. So thanks very much for listening. Feel free to reach out to me by email at afraidofthebarkpodcast at gmail.com, on Facebook at AYAOTB Podcast, on Instagram at Afraid of the Bark Podcast, and on Twitter at Afraid of the Bark. As always, let me know your thoughts. I'm really excited because next week I'm actually going to be sharing two listener stories that were sent to me, one over Facebook and one by email. I'm so super stoked to have finally, after 22.5 episodes worth of begging, to have gotten your stories. And I'm really excited to read them on the air. So stay tuned to episode 23 to hear those stories read. And if you sent me your stories, you know who you are. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. And now, really, truly, I think there is only one thing left for me to say, and that is simply that I hope that you have sweet dreams tonight. And thanks for listening. Ha ha ha!